Hey, this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the God Life Culture Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We are thankful and excited that you have tuned in to listen to another episode. Yeah. We are here. We're getting ready to just uh, dive into um, our discussion and conversations for today. Um, At the time of recording this, today was a very warm day. I think it hit 65 degrees when I checked my phone. Yeah. It's almost 70. Yeah. And um, it's February. So I don't know (laughs) what that has to do with global warming, if that has any (laughs) correlation to anything. But um that's kind of crazy to me. I was a little confused by the weather. Yeah, this is a time of year where one day it's, you know, snowing, blizzard temperatures below zero. And then the next day it's a day like today where it's almost 70. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just part of the transitioning, I guess, of, of our weather and our season. Um, and, you know, also global warming uh, <laughs> has something to do with that uh, as well, where unfortunately, you know, the the... Things tend to go a little wacko depending on, you know, how things are feeling and things are moving in the atmosphere and the stratospheres and, you know, the highs and the lows yes. when you see the weather and, you you know, they're talking about the lows and the highs and all this other stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, if anything, we are just grateful to have another day, whether it's cold, whether it's hot, raining, snowing, whatever it is. Uh, just another day to be here with you guys, to share with you our thoughts, to share with you guys things that happen and that are coming to have uh, that are going to happen as well. So you can keep an eye out for them. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're always talking on this podcast about opportunities that um, us as believers have to share our faith and to have exposure and to have platforms and all of that. And just a few weeks ago around the Super Bowl, um, BET released or um, hosted their Super Bowl gospel celebration. Apparently, this is the 20th one. I know. That's kind of crazy. It's been 20 years of a Super Bowl gospel celebration. And the crazy thing is I barely hear anyone speak of this. Yeah. Like at least like in our circle and our friends and our group of people, I really don't hear anyone saying, oh, it's a Super Bowl gospel celebration. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's been happening for the last few years. Didn't know it's been 20 years that they've been doing this. And it's pretty much the day before the Super Bowl. They air a gospel concert with um, different uh, singers and artists that perform and um, just present music and stuff. And it's just kind of a tradition that they developed right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, they uh, the people that were hosting it with Ricky Smiley and Adrian Houghton, you know, they had um, performances by Hezekiah Walker, uh, Tamia and the Winans, Tasha Cobbs, Corinne Hawthorne. Uh, the good thing is that it is on BET.com. Uh, so if you want to go back and look at the videos, you didn't catch it when it was live, when they, when they broadcasted it, uh, but you can go back to their website, uh, to BET.com and, uh, look up the Super Bowl gospel celebration and it'll give you those videos of the performances and things that happened that night. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You could also check it out on YouTube. That's where I kind of saw a few of the videos. Kirk Franklin sang his new song, Love Theory, Love Theory which we yeah. spoke about. Um, so that was cool to see it perform live. He had his choir there and just that same energy in the video. It's on stage. Tasha Cobbs performed the song, This Is a Move, yep. which we also spoke about. Yeah, Corinne that- Hawthorne. Um, had Lecrae on one of her songs that she remixed and released as well. So it was just a pretty cool, um, pretty cool night and a lot of different gospel artists there. And again, just another opportunity to just expose people to gospel music that may not be exposed to it already. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, with things like this, we have to, you know, we found out about it late, but we're letting you know. So go ahead and share the word and, you know, have that ripple effect where, you know, either you're sharing it, you're reposting it, you're, you know, you're you're sending it to people via text message like, hey, look at this video. Because uh, one of the things that we are very adamant about is about giving um, exposure and giving, you know, the hits to the things that are happening in our circles that aren't getting the attention that they should be getting. Uh, so this is one of those things where, you know, I didn't see any commercials for it. I didn't know about it. Uh, but we need to see more ruckus about these yeah. things, such as the gospel, um, Super Bowl gospel uh, celebration. Celebration. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, speaking about that, uh, there was a show years back, uh, Sunday Best. Yeah. Where um, it was almost like an American Idol for the gospel world. Yep. And it was on BET for many years. They had... a you know, different hosts. Uh, some of the hosts, Ricky Smiley hosted. A few people hosted um, this show. And it was like this competition um, to find like America's next, you know, gospel singer. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was off the air for four years. And apparently um, I had read some articles uh, a few years back about it. And it was, I guess, ratings and views had went down for the show. Yeah. And um, they were having a hard time kind of developing a hype, you know, for the show and getting judges and all of that. But they just announced not too long ago that they will return for a brand new season. Um, BET was the network that this show was on. I'm not sure if BET is the one picking it up or if mm -hmm. it's another network, but so Sunday Best is returning to television. Again, you know, this is just another opportunity for, you know, the gospel community, the gospel world and gospel music to just be presented at the forefront. And um, I think the same way there's American Idol, there's The Voice and all these shows why not have a show that revolves around gospel music and, yes. you know, supports it? And it could be just as high quality. It can be just as professional, just as cool, and, um, you know, just as entertaining as all the other award shows. Yeah, and, you know, it's something that's actually coming out pretty soon. It's coming out of spring of this year. Uh, so that's anywhere between March and June. We'll see that yeah. this thing is going to premiere. Uh, so keep. You know, if you have to follow uh, Kirk Franklin, for example, is returning as the host. Uh, so if you want to follow him so that you can keep up to date with anything in reference to that, you can. You know, the previous winners uh, from previous season were people like Crystal Aiken, Iana Crawley, Leandro Johnson, Amber Bullock, Joshua Rogers, Tasha Page, Lockhart, uh, Jeffrey Golden, Dathan Thigpen. Um, and, you know, we maybe we'll see somebody, one of you guys. I don't yeah. know. And one they're of actually the hosting auditions. If yeah. you look it up, there's a whole form you have to fill out and when they're going to be where and how to kind of audition for this. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the only people that I know from that list would be Leandra Johnson. Um, I'm not too sure of the other Sunday Best winners and what they're doing, if they're mm -hmm. continuing in gospel music or anything like that. But uh, we know Leandra Johnson uh, did record an album. She is uh, she has released music and um, we've spoken about her in the past as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll leave um, it at that we don't need it, to rebring you know bring things up again and yeah uh, but the good thing is is that if anything it is an opportunity if nothing else 
but to share uh, these have these individuals share their gifts and their talents and, you know, expressing, you know, things about God, his love, his mercy, his redemption, his healing power, his ability to free and liberate and all this other stuff. Uh, so it is great to see them um, do it, uh, be on such a platform and share that message. Now, whatever happens with their career after the fact, you know, some people, they go from, you know, wanting to be singers to actually working behind the scenes. Yeah. So you don't you don't hear from them because they're writing songs or they're producing or they're doing collaborations. Other people, you see them in the forefront, but that shouldn't deter anyone for if you want to try out, go ahead yeah. and do it. You never know. You maybe won't get on this season, but you'll be there next season. And again, some people may never enter a church. Some people may never go to you know an event at your church organization or something if it's faith based for whatever reason but they may tune in you know on tv to watch a competition show they like competition shows and they'll tune in to watch and you know it just happens to be on their tv or something and you never know the effect that a show like this can have on someone whether it's a song a lyric a testimony you know just the rehearsals and kind of the grind that these people have to go through in order to be successful in the show and in the competition you know we never know again what god can do through these things so yeah and when it's good it's good we've seen there with people on the voice for example where they're seeing a gospel song or something like that and then goes viral and everybody's talking about it and everybody's listening to it uh so you know we uh will see that there will be a ripple effect and these videos will get to you some way somehow um just be sure that when you see the video support it watch it pass it along definitely Spe- uh, speaking about viral videos there's been a video that's been making it around the circuit uh, for the last couple of weeks um and i i The best way I can explain the video is someone who is expressing the word of God, uh, specifically speaking about the armor of God in what they feel is their method of choice. Uh, So we have uh, this man who is popping and locking while holding the Bible and speaking about, you know, the armor of God and its parts and its purposes. Um, And I think that initially it made its rounds, uh, making it viral uh, because people thought it was funny. Uh, But if anything, uh, we see that people are actually commending him uh, for his ability to just share his love for God in the way that he finds best to do it. Um, and you know, I, I, I think that initially when someone sees it, they, they want to, I think humanly you react like if it's a comical thing. Uh, but when you sit down, th- there was a comment that someone had made uh, and the crazy thing about this is that this video is being shared by many people. Celebrities yeah. are sharing the video and they're posting it out there and they're kind of, you know, Mario Lopez, for example, was someone who uh, posted and he said, I'm feeling my homie right here. He's feeling the Holy Spirit. He got me pumped for church. Hashtag spiritual gangster. Hashtag Jesus Christ. So I was like, oh, cool. Mario Lopez up there, you know, doing his thing. Uh, then someone had put it a, co- uh, a comment uh, using in Instagram uh, there. Username is Toby Bowker, and he said, that's Brother Mike from our church. 12 years of gang banging in and out of prison for seven years, drug addiction, friends being murdered, yet feeling nothing, completely numb, until one day he said there has to be more. I can tell you firsthand he is not for show. He is all in for Christ because he knows he went all in for him. When you've been rescued from much, you'll praise much. Jesus yeah. Christ. 
And like always, you have those people, like you said, that look at these videos, they look at it as comedy, as humor, they're making fun or they're judging. Um, you know, gospel artists have been posting uh, clips of his videos as well. And it's real raw and natural. Like, it's not yeah. like he's on a stage or on a platform. It looks like he's, you know in a closet in one of the videos he's in a room in another video but you know like always you have people giving their opinion and someone commented saying that this is too much <laughs> you know he's doing this for entertainment he's doing this for views for likes and engagements you know do not be fooled and it's just crazy to really think that you know some people have this idea that there's a certain formula and a certain method for that you have to do and yeah. have to the way you do things. You know, you have to worship God in this way. You have to preach in this way. You have to minister to souls in this way. And they kind of like to create these boxes. And if you get out of those boxes, it seems like, you know, they have a problem with it. And someone commented, you know, and said, this is not too much. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you can pretty much tell what kind of life he lived. If he gave that life all he had, why not give God that same energy? Perfect. You know, and I think that's so true. If in, you know, his past life, whatever he was involved in, that's how he was animated, energetic, loud, you know, expressive. Why change now that you're a believer? You know, and this is this doesn't go and say, you know, go to and continue doing whatever you did in your past and talk in the same way and all of that. But, you know, that same energy, that same hype, that same life, you know, and, uh, you know, emotion that you had for certain things in your past when in Christ, you should continue that if not even, you know, level up now that, you know, you are in Christ. No, absolutely. And I think that that's the misconception that is out there in the world, that once you give your heart to Christ, you kind of downgrade. And it should be the complete opposite. It should be an upgrade. So for someone like him, for example, who had this energy, who maybe danced and popped and locked, you know, because that's what he liked to do or whatever, and was maybe someone who was very vocal and not ashamed of the fact that he was a gangbanger and all this other stuff, now he's not ashamed to being a servant of Christ. Now he's not ashamed that he he accepted Christ into his life. Now he's not ashamed to go out there and share that same message with other people that he know is in need to hear that message as well. So if anything, if you take anything away from this video, what you should take away is a motivation to be authentically yourself, but not only that, but also giving 100% to God. True. And again, that's in all things that we do, whether it's, you know, you're involved in some type of ministry, whether you're cleaning the church, whether, you know, you work for the church in some position, whatever you do, do it for God's glory and do it unashamed. Yeah. You know, I think that's um, something that uh, sometimes it can be hard to do in certain places, in certain areas of your life to just be bold and unashamed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when you are and when you kind of, um, you know, take that mentality of I live for God, he validates me, he's who I live for, then all of those things don't really affect you in that way. Um, And a few minutes ago, you showed me uh, this new video or movie that's coming out in March. Um, It's a trailer for a new movie titled Unplanned. And um, this movie talks about uh, and brings to life uh, Abby Johnson and her story and everything that um, she went through. Explain a little bit about uh, kind of the backstory of the movie. Uh, Well, yeah. Well, the description they have is all Abby Johnson ever wanted to do was help women. 
As one of the youngest Planned Parenthood clinical directors in the nation, she was involved in upwards of 22,000 abortions and counseled countless women wow. about their reproductive choices. Her passion surrounding a woman's right to choose even led her to become a spokesperson for Planned Parenthood, fighting to enact legislation for the cause she so deeply believed in. Until the day she saw something that changed everything, leading Abby Johnson to join her former enemies at 40 Days for Life and become one of the most ardent pro-life speakers in America. So the movie is about the, her journey. She was yeah. someone who worked at Planned Parenthood, was all for abortions and women's rights and and all that other stuff. And she kind of experienced something that changed her mind. And I don't want to blow it. Like you see a little bit about it in the trailer, but I don't want to, you know, uh, spoil it for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it is it's something that it's a subject that's very relevant today. You know, even here in New York, uh, we had a new uh, law that was passed um, here um, that was causing a massive, like, massive ruckus, massive ruckus uh, in our communities with those that were pro-life um, and those that were not pro-life. And it's caused a lot of people to have to, celebrities, uh, people in, in positions of leadership and everyone to have to come out and basically share their thoughts and, yeah. and what they feel. Whether and unfortunately, it, pick a side. Yeah, basically, you know? and pick a side. So I think that this movie is actually coming out in a very important time. It starts a con... It's, it's continuing, not starting. It's continuing a conversation on whether abortion should or should not be legal. Yeah, and what's crazy is that I'm sure they did not start working on this movie two months ago yeah. or three months ago. I'm sure maybe it was a year or two years that they were working on this film. And for it to be released now at this time, you know, with everything going on, like you said, with just a few weeks ago, uh, this law was passed in New York and just everything surrounding abortion, you know, it's so timely for this movie to be um, released at this time. Um, so if you haven't seen that trailer or heard about this movie, go check it out. Um, just watching the trailer, I can definitely tell this is going to be a great movie, one, yeah. but two, very controversial for some people, yes. you know, for those who kind of... Um, are on the uh, pro-choice side yeah. and um, a lot of the comments under the trailer you know we have a lot of controversy we have a lot of people kind of um with conflicting opinions and just going back and forth the way people like to do but um someone wrote a comment that i thought was interesting and they said that um you know they're glad that the movie was made but they questioned the campaign for the movie so they questioned the way um it's being kind of presented and the person wrote i feel like this trailer is going to compel a lot of already pro-life christians to flock to the theaters but no one who needs their minds changed anyone pro-abortion would see this trailer and roll their eyes and scoff at all the christianese and pro-life buzz phases phrases everything from the declaration um, that is from the same makers as God's Not Dead to the dialogue that included um, a baby being a baby from conception and the prayer committing the baby's souls to God is going to drive pro-abortion people away from the theaters, not invite them to have their perspectives changed. And they write, don't get me wrong, that dialogue belongs in the movie, but just maybe not in the trailer. If they actually want to reach the lost, they should have focused more on the angle of finding out what really happens in these facilities and emphasize how this is a true story. The vast majority of pro-abortion people are not going to want to pay to watch this movie based on the trailer, especially when it's on a Christian standpoint. 
which is very interesting, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't think of that when I initially watched the trailer. I was hyped at the fact that this movie was even coming out. Yeah. Right. But again, when you sit back and think about it, it's like you're creating this movie. Do you want pro-life Christians to go see the movie or is your audience those who may be struggling with an opinion or pro-choice to go and see the movie and have their perspectives and minds changed. So it's something that is kind of, you know, it gets you thinking Mm -hmm. as to um, maybe they could have presented it in a different way. And if you go and watch the trailer, you'll see kind of uh, what that person was speaking of because there were certain points. I mean, I even asked you, you know, is she a Christian? Did Mm -hmm. you know, did she get saved? Like what was that transitional point for her? But there was some Christianese lingo in there (laughs) and um, you know, a prayer and everything that was happening. So I can understand this person's point. I don't know what's your perspective you know it's a tricky it's a tricky um thing when i guess at the end of the day it comes down to what was what was the objective of the creators is the objective of the creators to uh, uh produce a a movie that is geared towards believers or is it towards non-believers i i think that the person had very valid points which is if the objective is to reach those that are pro-choice and not pro-life then there's there's definitely things that they're automatically going to roll their eyes at. You know, oh, they're playing a Christian music, a Christian song in the background. Oh, you know, the creators of God's Not Dead. Oh, the prayer, all the this or that or whatever. But at the end of the day, I think that we, yes, they could have maybe been a little bit more tactical. Maybe they could have omitted something here and there that didn't make it um, that, christiany but at the end right but then i I also have an issue with that because i don't i also don't think that it was overtly like a gross and that they were forcing down i agree themes and and all if i had to ask you right was she saved did she get it right it wasn't really put out there Um, that way what i what i what i do have to say is that that sometimes those those things are necessary because of the fact that the trailer is the first step so there's yeah. someone that would only watch the trailer. And I would think that as uh, someone who's trying to put out, put out powerful content, they would want that at least if they only watch the trailer, that the trailer be something that would be of a blessing or mm-hmm. impacting to someone. And the seed that is planted that hopefully yes. will continue to be watered throughout. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yes, maybe in a um, promotional aspect you would say maybe they should have not put by the creators of god's not dead (laughs) uh but on another stance i also you know it's it's a thin line that you have to straddle on um on whether or not you are kind of denying your true identity of we're a faith-based uh corporation or or company that produced this movie that is faith-based versus okay let's be a little tactical about how we're going to do this yeah and at the end of the day those who really want to see the movie will go out make a way and go and see the movie and those who don't want to see it won't um some of the comments people are saying that abby johnson which is you know the character or the person that this film revolves around um is kind of already blacklisted from those on the pro-choice side Mm. so it's almost like knowing that it's about her they're not going to support it or watch it anyway yeah But I still believe that there are those people um, who may have had an abortion, may be contemplating an abortion, may be pro-choice, but want to kind of see what the hype is all about and see what the buzz is about and see what the other side 
is saying yes. and may still sit down and watch it, whether it's to critique it, talk yeah. about it, complain about it, protest about it. But you never know what will happen as a result of a film like that. Absolutely. And I think if anything, it's a conversation that needs to happen. You know, the conversation is happening on a global level, on a national level. But now are parents really sitting down with their kids and speaking to them about this subject? Right. You know, are moms taking the time out to speak to their daughters, our dads speaking to their sons and so forth? And I think that that's what is important about this situation to begin with. As a man, I'm not going to sit here and tell you because uh, I know that uh, a lot of people have the issue with it's a woman's issue. Men right. shouldn't speak upon it. So I'll, I'll be like, you know, so I'll give you that. I'm not going to speak upon it because it is a woman's issue. Uh, what I will say is, is that it is our responsibility as Christians to have those conversations with our children, with our young people, and explain to them our point of view, your point of view, and your stance. This whole notion of, if you believe it's wrong, uh, this whole notion of it's wrong and that's it, you know, don't ask me any questions about it is wrong. You cannot do that. You yeah. know, especially in the generation that we're living in and that information is at the fingertips of everybody. So if they're not getting their answers from you, they're going to get it from somebody else. So you would rather them have the conversations with you, get any clarity about it, because I'm pretty sure they're going to throw at you every single scenario they can think of. You know, what if this happened? Is it OK? What if that happened? Right. Is it OK? And you want to be able to have those conversations with them and not let them be influenced by other people that you have no idea who they are. Yeah, and also keeping in mind your audience and who you're speaking to. You know, you can come all day with scriptures yeah. and, you know, have all these biblical truths that you're going to declare, but if someone doesn't believe the word and doesn't know that that's the word of God and they don't stand upon the word, they're going to dismiss that. Yes. The same way someone who comes speaking and quoting the Quran to you won't, you know, move you or shake you. So it's important to also do your research and educate yourself on statistics, facts, yes. studies that have been done aside from the biblical truths that you already know. Yes. Because again, we know that, but someone who doesn't know the word, isn't receptive to the word, wants nothing to do with religion or God or faith will automatically oppose that. And I think that is something that in this time, us as Christians and believers need to be more aware of. Yes, the Bible is kind of, you know, it, it is, you know, the word of God and, and the truth, you know, the way we know that we stand upon the word of God. What the word says, that's what we believe. But keeping in mind who you're speaking to, people who don't know the word, people who don't understand how the Bible even came to be, yep. you know, who don't know how God wrote the Bible and how he used people to write the Bible. The, you know, they don't have uh, that knowledge that maybe we have where if we hear scripture we're more prone to listen to it to absorb it to believe it but those who you know only have heard about the bible and you know hear that there are contradictions and controversies and all these things surrounding the word of god will definitely oppose it so just being sure that if we are having these conversations we are also educating ourselves with studies and statistics and research of real things that have been happening now yes. and um just being well equipped to defend what we believe and why we believe it you know i think it's all about the strategy and the tactic that you use to deliver your message yeah and don't you know i'm not saying have these conversations with your three-year-old but also be conscious of the fact that you may think that your kid is too young to have that conversation and they're not 
you know the we're we're seeing uh sex education being taught in school in elementary school and so don't think that your 13 year old is not at a level for you to have this conversation with them obviously everything is should be done with wisdom you know your kid you know the language in which you want to speak to them about it or whatever uh but definitely educate yourself but also lead with love a lot of times when we speak about controversial subjects or subjects that churches deem as taboo we're very quick to come at an angle that can sound very hateful or very angry or very, right. you know, uh, judgmental. And you don't want to do that. You want to lead in the angle of love. You want to speak as if his, you know, it should definitely be Christ speaking through you when it comes uh, to the subject. But you want to you want to feel that you want to be at peace with what you said is going to resonate in them. And they're not going to look at you as in why, why are you such a monster and why yeah. are you so hateful and so judgmental? You know, and it's difficult to have these conversations, but they're necessary because it's for the livelihood of our of our kids, of our young people, of our of our adults in general. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to have these conversations in a way that it's educational, that it's loving, and that you know people walk away from it not feeling hurt. Yeah. Again, again, keep in mind that these people that you're speaking to don't have that relationship with God and that connection with God, so their hearts, you know, are not as sensitive you can say to the things of God and, and the language that you use and the way you come about it, you know, and just keeping that in mind that you, again, you may know the scripture, you may know exactly. Yeah. But how could you do that? God has a plan for that baby and God is the one in control. Again, your delivery, you know, mm -hmm. is important in these situations, you know, and, never and I, to shy away from giving them, you know, some type of biblical truth and word, but also keeping in mind, you know, how you come at them. And I think it's important to, to highlight that it's not only non-believers that struggle uh, with whether or not some uh, whether or not they should be pro-choice or pro-life or whatever. You know, we definitely see in this generation where um, things that were like an automatic no, that's wrong, maybe 20 years ago now is being more questioned. Yeah. Um, and the reason why it's being questioned is because things weren't addressed the way they, they should have been addressed and they were kind of left as that dark secret that nobody should speak about and now people have made assumptions or people have made decisions off of uh off of wrong information or being influenced by the wrong people and that's why now we see this this um I don't want to call it an identity crisis but we see this issue where you know this generation uh questions everything they question everything yeah. they want to know why is it wrong show me specifically in the bible where it says that it's wrong and there's certain things that specifically are not mentioned but the bible does speak about things around that subject uh so it, it is important that you know we don't think that oh my son or my daughter or my kids have grown, grown up in church all my all their life they know better like no they don't know better because if you haven't had the conversation with them you don't know what they know and there are certain things that they want to hear from their parents, you know, and you may not think that you may not understand that. But there are certain things that they actually want to hear you tell them, you know, as opposed to media, television, social media, their friends. You know, they want to hear these things coming from you, you know, and someone that they look up to, someone that they love. So it's just important to keep all this in mind and also recognize that moments like this create 
more of an opportunity for the church to play an active role. You know, this creates opportunity for the church to actually do something, whether it is educating the people, whether it is, you know, forming prayer groups and just, you know, praying over these issues, whether it is presenting, you know, specific people that, you know, may be struggling with these things or, you know, contemplating an abortion or maybe have had an abortion and are struggling with the consequences and the after effects of it. You know, this creates opportunity for the church to do something and it's unfortunate that a lot of times the churches are just too caught up in whatever you know they're doing whatever they have planned to take out time to speak on these issues whether it is you know um in my opinion most importantly to the youth that i feel are bombarded with these ideas and things whether it is in college in school in high school wherever you know wherever they are it's like these things are being pushed more and more every day so yeah Yeah, and you know and what it does is event I would believe, and as a parent, you know, I I can speak on this, that what you want to do is develop a relationship with your kids, with your young people, where they are open to speak to you on any subject, because this subject on abortion will lead to a conversation eventually, if not at the moment, about sex education, because our churches, you know, we believe that you should not have sex until marriage. But the reality of the situation is, is that there is a struggle that happens for you to get to that level. It is not easy to be like, okay, I'm going to wait till I get married. And, you know, I got married at 25. You just waited all those years. You know, there is a difficulty, a level of difficulty that goes with that. But if you help, you educate, you know, you speak to them about it or whatever, it does help them on their journey. We shouldn't just let, leave our young people to fend for themselves as a church, as leaders, as brothers and sisters, as aunts, uncles, parents, whatever. Uh, we should be there. We should be the safety net we should be the backup we should be the support system for the people within our circle and you know we're not doing that if we're leaving them to fend for themselves so with that we just want to say thank you for tuning in once again uh, to our episode as always you can reach out to us through our contacts yeah you can follow us on social media facebook instagram at god life culture podcast you can uh email us at god life culture at gmail.com and again Again, every Wednesday we release a new episode with a new topic, new discussion, new conversation. Um, So definitely make sure that you're tuning in every Wednesday. And if you haven't checked out our previous episodes, you can also check out those as well. Um, In just a few months, it's going to be a year that we've been doing this, which is very crazy. Um, So thank you for... uh, taking this ride with us yeah so thank you once again for tuning in to god life culture podcast that's god God life Life culture Culture. until next time see ya bye